Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 286. My name is Brando. This episode is going to be absurd, isn't it? It's kind of it's going to be like Pee Wee Herman's word of the day every time someone says absurd. Wish I had my soundboard. Just ah, freaking out. So if you're watching on, on Zoom or, or podcast or wherever you're, you're, you're consuming this episode, uh, with me today, Guns N' Roses fans like myself are with us. So uh, we got Greg from New York City. What's happening, Brando? Thanks and for no, we do on. not. Th- I'm, I'm ha- thanks for volunteering. And no, we do not know each other just because we're from the same area. <laughs> So I appreciate because yeah, I think you were talking to me for for a little a few days before on Twitter, and I always encourage people to do this. DM me, and he's like, "I'm going to the show. I would love to come on, especially after I did the Hershey uh, Park review." So I'm glad to get you you on, Greg. And we are going to talk about what happened just a few hours ago as we're recording this. Yep, uh, what happened last night in New Jersey. But first, we need to invite our our other guest, uh, Mike O'Donohue, which. I guess appropriately, you're from Massachusetts with the O'Donoghue. Yeah. yeah. So, are born and bred. As I, I called it, um, yeah, well, it's Worcester. Obviously, I Worcester, as I, I know now, but yeah. I, I made that joke. I think uh, maybe I said it on the podcast. I saw the Foo Fighters against me and, and Surge in what I thought was uh, you know, Worcester, yeah. me being the New Yorker working in Cape Cod radio. And yeah, yeah that's, get, that's a whole other a story. Little, we got a little rivalry going, a little New York. Uh, Boston. A little bit. I will say my my I I hate you guys less. There's no hate because I like Bostonians. I think you're good people. I may not like the Red Sox. And oh, I said this though, GNR related with the the lithographs coming out. Oh, it's an awesome awesome lithograph at at, at Fenway at uh that was a green monster. As a Yankee fan, I would get I've gotten that. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't get it, but it was freaking awesome. So I want to get your experience first. So, cause if you've been following on social media, you know, just like happy guns and roses week, this has just been exciting just to, you know, if you're able to get out and experience live music, I mean, I don't know about you guys. This was my first, these were my first shows since the pandemic. Right. Like was same for you. Yeah, same same Absolutely. here. My first show back. So I was so freaking excited. And I think everyone was, you could feel the energy. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was just, it was super exciting. Uh, all of it, you know, just all of, all of the, just the vibe of it all. But this week I was working, I was filling and playing morning show producer at a Q1043 in, uh, in Tribeca. So that morning show starts at 5am. So I got to wake up at 3.05. I'm, you know, I go to bed. I, I try to go to bed reasonably. That's um, why you answer my DMs at 4am, uh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a pervert. No, scrolling through pics. I I was working. <laughs> uh, so I I actually passed out during the Fenway show. I, I I was excited for people going, but I passed out. I think seven o'clock that night. I wake up, 
and I see my mansion's blowing up. There's this new song. All right. Can you take us through that day about how we got to absurd and just like your, you know, is this your first time seeing Guns N' Roses? Kind of take us through your day at Um, uh, at my park. So first things first, just because you're a hockey guy, I'm outside of Lansdowne Street, which is like the most popular place right behind the Green Monster at Fenway. And guess who I see walking down the street in crutches? Tukarask. (laughs) <laughs> in the wow. most busiest street in Boston at the time, Tuka Rask walks by in crutches and no one even notices him. I'm like, hey, Tuka. And I try to give him a fist bump, but he's holding crutches so he can't give me a fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You should just nodded at him. What do you? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was trying to look too hard. I have a few in me. <laughs> uh, fair enough. But, um, but yeah, I, as a hockey guy, I figured you'd appreciate that. I did. I did. Um, so... I'm uh, the youngest of nine. My oldest siblings are like 40. No, actually, my oldest sibling's 54. Um, but I have brothers that grew up in the 80s, and they freaking, we grew up on that, that music. His favorite band's Motley Crue, but it was also Guns N' Roses too. But So I kind of um, flocked to Guns N' Roses. And um, the first time I actually saw them was in 2008. It was just Axel. Um, Papa Roach opened up. And then Sebastian Bach, and then Guns N' Roses with, it wasn't Buckethead. Um, I don't know who was actually the guitarist at the time, but I was 14. <laughs> nice. And so we waited there forever. <laughs> I had school the next day. We waited there forever. I don't think they came on to maybe in classic uh, Axel fashion, maybe 11 o'clock. And we were in the front row the whole time, and it was freaking awesome. And I think Axel appreciated these two 14 year olds at, 1 a.m. in the front row. So he came over to us, reached his hand down to us, and he, I could grab his hand. I could feel the ring on his finger. It was it was amazing. And the next day at school, I literally couldn't hear because the speaker is <laughs> in my ears the whole time. And then after that, the next time I ever saw them was in Las Vegas, flew out to their uh, reunion show. Okay. So were you there for that one? I was not. Well, um, it was freaking unbelievable obviously he was in the chair um we were supposed to go home the next day you know what i did missed my flight stayed for the next show <laughs> nice it was unbelievable um and then i saw them they did their not this lifetime tour um they came to boston again so i'm at gillette stadium okay um so i'm again at td garden and then i went to austin city limits where i saw them uh two years ago before covid and it was the best time I've ever seen them play, hands Which down. Which weekends did you see them? One or two? Uh, I think uh, second weekend. Oh, so I was there too. How did no I way. not spot you in the thousands yeah. upon thousands of people in the field? But Yeah, because yeah, was- I, I, I didn't eat since like noon that day because we were on like flights connecting from all over. <laughs> so when I ran straight to the freaking back of the, uh, the crowd. That but- was my <laughs> show prior to Hershey Park, before COVID. No way. Yeah. So you I went to saw- Hershey too? Yeah, yeah. So I, I was um, I, I wanted to travel either to um well I was, I was hoping Wrigley Field they were gonna that original date wasn't gonna fall on when I was visiting Chicago, but then they moved it. Then Greg, I don't know if you're gonna do this and I, I'm gonna look into it maybe the day of, yeah. but Atlantic City, but it's way too expensive because it's it's a smaller venue, way too expensive. Fenway, I if it was on a weekend, if this wasn't yesterday, I or you know, a weekday rather. I would have gone, but I decided, I'm like, you know what? Uh, Hershey falls on a, on a Saturday. I can make a three-hour drive on a Saturday. And I did. So that's, that was my logic, if you wanted to know. Yeah, no, that works. I think for me, it's going to depend. Like, other shows are just going to depend on 
where I'm at, what's going on. And if it kind of falls that way, like last night was a given that was going to happen. Anytime they're going to play MetLife, I'm going to be there. Did you hold on to your tickets, Greg, for MetLife? Or did you buy them new when they rescheduled? No, this was new. This was new. I actually got lucky. My brother-in-law, who for years has been saying, like, I play golf with this dude. He's either one of their lawyers or managers or something to do with VIP nation or something. He's like, yeah, next time guns and roses around, I can get us backstage. And I'm like, okay. Cause I filed that away real quick. Right. And so now I'm like, Hey bro, guns and roses is coming around. He's like, Oh, let me see what I can do. And then like a week ago, he's like, here, I, I got these two tickets and they were on the floor. They were amazing. Oh. I mean, we'll get back to, I don't know if you want to keep going through the uh, Fenway show, but we'll get into yeah. that. Yeah. No, that's good. You're giving us uh teasers because these were the New Jersey last night were tickets left over from the cancellation initially with okay. smashing pumpkins. Right. I was happy with Wolfgang Van Halen. They were great. So Mike tell, you know, uh, catch us up to, you know, so anyway, did you get there? Uh, that's how you and me there? first met. Cause I, well, I messaged you. I'm like, Hey, when did they come on? Cause I mean, I don't know anything. I don't know Mammoth. I don't know Wolfgang um, Van Halen. I know he's obviously his okay. son of a legend, but so that's why I asked you when the uh, doors opened and when they came on. And so we walked in about uh, seven o'clock and they came on at like seven 45 and, um, they came out obviously freaking it's so easy just waiting for that duff line you know and from there it freaking took off and it was awesome um i mean i can go song by song and let you know like what how it went and like what we thought but i mean uh again the freaking they were awesome their stage presence was amazing i i don't know if it was sold out though i will tell you that there was some empty seats i think that's uh that might be a pandemic thing because it's not just GNR. Because last night uh, I was told, and, and shout out to JT Turret, who was my uh, a also another AFD show listener, who was my co-host with the on the Fat Mike episode. He was working the event. He he worked some promotions, and he says he's like this is like eighty percent capacity. He's like this is actually really good. Yeah. Okay. Know? And apparently, uh, I don't know if I, I could say this JT, but apparently he had to do a Starbucks run for Axel. <laughs> So I, I, I don't know. I think that's cool. I don't think that's, that's giving away too much. That's what I love to hear more than anything is the backstage, like what goes on, what, what he demands, what's on his rider, all that. <sighs> I'd be so nervous. I'd be like, oh, dude, man, I don't want to get Axel's coffee order wrong, dude. I, that's, this is my <laughs> one chance. I messed it up. <laughs> I know. You probably bring like extra sugar packets in your, your pocket just in case if he needs, you know. I walk in a Starbucks just give me one of funny. everything. I'm just going to make sure I got everything covered. <laughs> Whatever you, you have, keep it on me. Just bring him a barista. I have one on hand. I have one on retainer for you. Uh, but the thing, Mike, that I want to get from you, because there were some issues at Hershey, and I used to wonder if they did, why they didn't debut anything that first night. And I talked about this um, the last episode with the Hershey Park review, that there seemed to be some technical difficulties, which happens. I know that in radio. Like, it happens. You know, no matter how much you test, shit happens. Uh, so I want to know, because, again, I woke up to, wait, Gun, they they played silkworms yeah. with slash and duff like they they now it's called absurd what like I, I i i thought i was still dreaming i was like david entered dentist is this <laughs> real life so mike take us through that did you all right what was going on so so we're we're there it's like i don't know how many songs in i don't have the set list on me but we're That's like fine. me personally i was like oh it's a spaghetti incident song i'm gonna go grab a beer <laughs> 
So I go in line to grab a beer, which is like, still, you can see the stage, all that stuff. And I like heard it, but then I heard the breakdown in the end when Axel's like singing softly. I'm like, turn back. And I was like, what is that? That like, it's literally like, it's like the God singing. And I look back and I was like, this freaking song is awesome. And then at the end of it, he goes, well, you heard it here first. That's the, uh, that's a new GNR song, new Guns N' Roses song. And that's what he tells us. And I'm like, Jesus. And then all I was watching yesterday was uh, YouTube videos. And then at midnight or something, it came out. I fell asleep to it last night. <laughs> Listened to it on the way here. And then um, I looked up the set list and it said Silkworms. So that was Silkworms unreleased. It wasn't on Chinese Democracy. Mm-mm. So, I mean, then I was like, well, I just remember it like getting um, <laughs> leaked or something like that. So, and then it's like, no freaking way. That's Silkworms. <laughs> Hey, absurd. <laughs> Were you aware of, of silkworms before? Well, I yeah, because back in the day, like I said, it leaked, but like I didn't know it. Like I wouldn't have known the words. Oh, that right, exactly. Yeah. So when people were texting me the lyrics, I'm like, why are people texting me? And and uh, I'll just say, if you're listening with kids around, earmuffs, pussy full of maggots. Like <laughs> I, I just know that's I don't know. I heard silkworms once, and I was like, and it was a live version. I'm like, eh, I I can't. I don't know what to make of this right now. So that's just funny that you went to grab a beer and uh, you missed the moment almost. I I swear to God, like I turned back and I was like, what is this? It was like the breakdown that like took me over because that's something you've never, ever heard like out of Axel or Gene or anything. It's almost like, like new age that they like brought some like electronic music in there and had him sing. And it was just like freaking beautiful, but it's so opposite from the song itself, which is just like also another new version of Axel we've never heard before. Like who has ever heard Axel sing like that? I, I love it. I He did kind of like on, on Down on the Farm, that kind oh, of, yeah. I, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Mark, Mark Danzeisen, who was in uh, Gilby's band. He commented on when the song first hit, I think Fenway, and I, I shared the video, and he's like, what is Axel singing like that? I'm like, he likes to play with his voice down on the farm, and if you listen to stuff, you know, parts of Chinese uh, democracy, you know, like Shackler's Revenge, you know, it's Mark, not surprising. Yeah. You're right. It is like a little Shackler's Revenge, like uh, similar to it for, for sure. But it's not, it's similar, right? But he's never just kind of done that throughout an entire yeah. song like that. So it is still, yes, it's still different for him. And it, I love the, like the, the classic axe on the background, like every once in a while, it's like, ah! Yeah. yeah. Which um, obviously he wasn't doing in real life when we saw him. And they were just, it was like a backtrack. They were playing right. that. But, I mean, it was still freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, Greg, where where were you? Like, that's how Guns N' Roses fans are going to be. Where were you when Absurd dropped? So, like, first of all, before I get, give you my take on Absurd, could we just take a step back for a second and realize not only are they playing a new song live, they released a finished version of that last night, which means this is going to be happening on this tour. They're sound checking hard school, right? They're going to release that song. And I think because the record business is so different now that this is going to be their thing. They're going to work on like tighten up songs and sound check and they're going to be debuting songs this way. And in another month or two, I think we're going to be sitting looking at like three to five new Guns N' Roses songs, which is insane. <laughs> insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so, all okay. the haters, all the haters. I mean, so I, I, you know, I, so it's, it's not like I knew. But right. I still held out hope. So, I mean, so Silkworms is, I was aware of that title. Never knew any of the words. This is like for years, okay? Like 
he's Axel's working on an album. Axel's working on an album. And Chinese Democracy took like 97 years to come out, right? Roughly. So I'm going to date myself here because I remember like Napster and I'm trying to find like all these unreleased tracks and he's fighting everyone to keep things secret. So I knew the title, but I didn't know anything else other than that. Now, when I started seeing the clips on YouTube from the Fenway show, I was like, ah, this kind of sucks because Axel's voice sounds much better when you're there in the venue. All those YouTube yes. clips weren't doing it justice. That song, and I, I guess you can't curse on the show, so I'll kind of like. No, no, you can. You can. Fuck yeah. Okay, so that sound, that song sounds like a fucking freight train when you hear it. I mean, it just boom and it goes and it's so good. And so we get a new Guns N' Roses song, A. B, it's hard as hell. Right. And you get him doing that like, yeah, it's totally spaghetti incident kind of punk stuff going on with Axel's voice. It's just so good. And it's a song. The first time I heard it, like I said, I was like, ah, it's YouTube. It sucks. But then I'm like, oh, wait, this is kind of cool. And now I cannot listen to anything else other than that stupid song. Like I can't (laughs) in my head. Me too. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to. Yeah. And so like when you have this whole thing, like, you know, rock is dead, rock is dead right now. What convinces me that it's not is you go see a Foo Fighters show and you're like, man, it is alive and well. So the fact that GNR is releasing new music and it's that hard and it's that heavy, it is good to be alive. It really is. So I like that. And uh, did you see, speaking of the Foo Fighters, did you see what they just did outside one of their concerts? No. Uh, they were getting protested by the Westboro Baptist Church. You know, those, those assholes who was uh-huh. trying to protest things. Is that because uh, they made everyone be vaccinated at a concert? That was at the Met. Yeah, probably. You know, uh, then they were in kind of like a uh, like a farm pickup truck. The band, uh-huh. the whole band, all the Foo Fighters, like driving along the road while they're all protesting, all set up, and they're like doing disco, grooving, being like, you know what you should be doing instead of hating, Dancing. loving, yeah, <laughs> dancing, exactly, loving. It and he led to that dancing, thing, and he yeah. broke. So uh, he's like, I love you guys. I love you. So I just thought that was that was cool. I just wanted to mention since you mentioned the Foo Fighters. But yeah, it's been stuck in my 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 head ever since. Uh, So I I guess, you know, like, Mike, if you want to give before we we move on to, I guess, the uh, MetLife experience, any what other highlights from from Fenway Uh, uh, for you? Well, yeah, like I wish you could see that my plays on my Spotify because it's probably been like honestly like forty eight times since since midnight. I just listened to it over and over and over. Like I said, I went to sleep to it. Um, and yeah, you guys are talking about how um oh my god, this like and I agree. I'm just gonna be a little devil's advocate here that all this we can potentially have new Guns N' Roses music and like he said, not a live version, like a recorded thing that you've never heard before. It's like holy shit, but. It was also kind of a song that was also what Silkworms before, right? So it's like, are we really going to get that new music? Or is it we just going to get a little playoff? Is that just a little, just to tease us? And, and that's an old recorded song that we're not actually, actually going to get new music for another freaking eight years. Who knows, you know? <laughs> just the one song to hold us over for another eight years. Right? That's, that's this <laughs> band. Our song before. So it's like, I mean, I'm just like I said, I could not be more excited to, for the potential, like, like um, like he said, and then that we could have all these new. We could literally have a new album soon. <laughs> like who knows? But um, this is the fact that it was an old song turned into a new song. Kind of, you know, scares me. <laughs> like is that all we're gonna get? Okay. You know, um, you know but, Mike. I think that like 
uh, bands do that all the time. Like they'll be working on a riff for years or they'll bring an older riff into the studio and kind of rework it and redo it. So to me, because I never heard it before, I'm like, it's new to me. You know, maybe Slash has a riff that he was playing around with, with Velvet Revolver or somebody else. And he brings that into the studio. So I don't know. Like, that's a cool thing. We don't know. Exactly. I agree with you. Yeah. Keeps us on our toes every yeah. freaking time. That's why we love them, right? <laughs> yes, it. exactly. Keeps us on our toes, uh, exactly. But while you, while you say um, Velvet Revolver, I think Slither was like the third or fourth song in, and that is just the sleaziest freaking riff, and Slash is so sleazy on that song, I can't get enough of it. He's just nasty on that song. I freaking love it. Yep. I'm glad he's doing it live, and I will say, because I wasn't a huge fan of that version, first yeah. oh. but i think he is progressively axel that has gotten better at it and i think you know i thought it was great at hershey i thought it was even better last night at metlife okay so, and go on no that, that, that's sure, i mean it's cool for axel to actually like hey yeah we'll play some velvet revolver you know that's what i love about it and that goes to greg's point and as we go to to metlife it's it doesn't matter i think when things are written and i tweeted that this morning because if somebody wrote it, like that's still Axel's music, that's still Slash's music. It's just art that this is when it's meant to come out. It doesn't have to be, it's not a, uh, a hot pocket. It doesn't need to be fresh out the oven. You know, I, I think that's, that would be cool. Like, yeah, they're all in the room. They come up with a new, who's to say they didn't do that? So who's to say this isn't going to be, you know, shiny stuff that Axel has been working on trying to make for years. And finally got the missing piece slash and Duff or whatever else to make it available now. So maybe it wasn't meant to come out at that time because I didn't like what I first heard. But I'm like, just like with you, Mike, I've been listening on repeat. Same thing with you, Greg. So, you know, for those people, I kind of tweeted a lot of my story yesterday. Uh, shout out to my fiance who did a lot of the Instagram lives. Thank you to everybody who's streaming along with me. Uh, I got to say, I don't want to forget this. Uh, you two included. It's very humbling to, you know, me, just this little guy from, I know, Long Island or whatever, uh, you know, to start this GNR podcast and I tweeted, I'm going to a show and just all these people all over the world telling me to have a good time. And it made me feel that everybody was with me. It just made me enjoy the concert so much more The people wishing me to have a good time, um, whether they were across the pond, whether, you know, it was across just the, the States, wherever. So it was just very very humbling. And it's just, uh, that's why I want to invite fans like you guys on, you know, Greg, you volunteered Mike, when you were uh, uh, messaging me on, on, on Instagram, I'm like, you know what, this guy sounds cool. I mean, I, I think I want to get him for a Fenway review. So awesome. uh, that that's how it works. So uh, Greg, take us through your, your day at, at MetLife. Yeah. So I want to say real quick, cause just you, you, you're talking about Axel being cool enough to do a velvet revolver song. So like, I started seeing them in 91. So I've seen like what you were talking about, Mike, wait until one o'clock in the morning, man, I have been at those shows. I was at a show when they played with Metallica where Axel Metallica came on. No, no. Guns N' Roses came on first. No, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> it's a long time remember ago. The order, but I remember Guns N' Roses played for about 15 minutes. Ooh. People were throwing shit on stage. Axel warned people. He got hit with a water bottle. He was like, fuck you guys. And he left. So I, and it was Metallica was so good that night that you were like, eh, whatever, because I had seen Guns N' Roses a bunch of times and I kind of expected that. So it made me think of this new Axel. I saw Axel sing for ACDC at the Garden a few years ago. Uh, me and too. What was cool about that was he wasn't the front man, Axel Rose. He kicked in the back because he knew like, hey, man, Angus, this is your band. 
I'm not here to be Axl Rose. I'm going to sing the songs and I'm going to hang back and let you do your thing. So I thought that was really cool. So that kind of, I was thinking that because of the whole Velvet Revolver thing. So anyhow, my day yesterday was just so great. It's like we were talking off the air for a minute, friend. I still can't believe, like this is my favorite band growing up, Them and the Stones. Like when I was 18, I got a Guns N' Roses tattoo. Like this is my band, right? And I never thought they were going to get back together. It just wasn't going to happen. And when they came back on the um, Not In This Lifetime tour, I went to see them. Met life, and I thought it was like I was like this could be a money grab. It's gonna suck. It's not gonna be as good as I remember it. Da 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 da. And I was shocked at how great they were, and I was shocked at how much fun they were having on stage. And I was like, look at this. Like Axel's cool with everybody. Like this is amazing. So going into yesterday, I still cannot believe that I'm seeing them, and I can't believe that they're this good. Like that band sounds as good as they've ever sounded. The difference between seeing them now in the 90s was like, in the 90s, they were dangerous. Like, you felt like something could go down at this show, Axel's out of his mind. Like, you just didn't know what was going to happen. They're not that now, but they are so freaking good. That band is tight. They are electric. Mike mentioned presence. I mean, those dudes are up there. They are fucking rock stars of the highest caliber, right? So... I knew I had these good seats going yesterday and I was like, man, I, this is going to be great. I'm on the floor. I can't wait. And it's like, it's like that Wayne's world thing. Anytime you get like great seats and you're like with your path, you're like, I get, I can get in, I can get in, I can get in. So I get there really early. Yeah. Yeah. I get there really early because I wanted to see uh, Mammoth WBH. I wanted to see Eddie's kid. And so you're there and there's not a lot of people there. And I'm just at these seats looking around that I'm so close to the stage. And it's like, again, my overall thing is like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe I get to see them again. And from the second they hit the stage, a lot of times, right, when you see a live show, a band takes two or three songs to warm up. That's what happens. They just kind of got to find the pocket. Then they came out on fire last night. On fire. They ripped through everything they did. They sounded perfect to me. Um, I don't know if you want to go through song by song, or I just had such a great, experience and it's been like you know i first of all i also couldn't believe i'm like i was mr like i'm gonna do the right things because of covid and i'm double vaccinated and whatever whatever but like i still couldn't believe i was like holy shit i'm around eighty thousand people like i was afraid i was afraid to be on an elevator like eight months ago and now look how far we've come but having that experience like that stadium rock experience sixty thousand or eighty thousand people all singing the songs everybody dancing everybody just kind of being free and cool it was just amazing. I just had the greatest time at that show last night. I mean, I'm still like buzzing. That's why I couldn't wait to do this because I couldn't wait to talk about it. So I, there. I was so, so excited. I still am. I could do this forever. Uh-huh. Oh, and I, you know, totally. And I want to give a shout out too, because like we all talk about, listen, Duff slash Axel, amazing, amazing, amazing. But like you watch Richard Fortas. Yeah. That dude is a rock star. You watch Melissa Reese. Whew, she is a rock star. You have all that neon stuff going on behind her. She's swinging that blue hair around, looking like some kind of like futuristic rock star from like the year 2500. Like she's kind of part Blade Runner, part <laughs> here and now, right? Amazing. I mean, that is just one hell of a band. One I, hell I, of a band. I couldn't agree anymore. I That's why I hope with whether it is absurd or whatever may come out, that people like Richard and Melissa are involved in it. Like that's kind of what, that's the main thing that I want. No, and maybe this is where we want to go because it's nice to see 
there seems to be more positive reviews, you know, on, online than, than negative. And because it is a, a jarring song, especially if you're not, you know, was aware of Chinese democracy or, or anything. If you're just a generic Guns N' Roses fan that just knows the radio hits, it's a jarring song, you know, with uh, lyrical content and everything. Uh, That's but it was Rose. That is Axl Rose. And that was, I mean, if you go back to, you know, oh my God, Shackler's Revenge, now absurd. That's Guns N' Roses. And I think, I think that was not the, the path that Slash wanted to go. He wanted to go Snake Pit, obviously, Velvet, Axel, more electronic. So I think that's part of the, of the deal. But I, th- what I want to talk about is the reception that you still get people uh, thinking Axel's going to be late, which is just not the case. They're right on time. More credit to Axel for that. We're talking about him doing uh, double revolver songs, and the guy came on at seven forty-five. It's like, is this a new? Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. New Axel Rose? Didn't they do a thing this with this tour so far? The dates where they like moved it up, and they said like Mammoth is coming on earlier. Yeah, like they're early. What is happening? They moved up everything early, and so these are things that have improved, and that you can control what people don't seem to understand and i want to display uh and i I have regular joe schmo fans on you know everybody i i don't um you know i want you to give your honest opinion i'm not going to censor you guys but that's with you know axel's voice that people want to talk about axel's voice i know it's different on the song it's it's and not even talking about that with uh his style his punk rock style uh to it but when people say that if it if he doesn't sound like he's you know the Axel of old of, of the twenties, I was glad to see this tweet I put out get a lot of attention. It's like, you know, when people who complain that Axel, a fifty nine year old Axel Rose doesn't sound like he's in his twenties, it's like I am going to be thirty eight in a month. I used to down like boxes of like Lucky Charms and just cookies. Now I get a bellyache, and if I have like after a bowl of cereal, like I get a little tummy ache. I have to think of Tums. I understand that, you know, our bodies change. All right. And I also understand that, like, while making a joke, uh, Axel is performance based. It's different than sports. Uh, You know, Mike's, uh, you know, we're we're sports guys. It's different. Like, let's just say uh, it's Noma, right? Noma or David Ortiz. They are beloved, but they reach a certain point where if they still are on the Red Sox, they're not going to perform to where they win. That's the key goal. It's not like that in a band. If baseball was just about entertainment and score didn't matter, yeah, wouldn't you want to see David Ortiz still like hit home runs? Like if he could, maybe he wouldn't hit him as far. Yeah, I mean, I can't attest to what Axel was in 1991, 1993. I mean, maybe you and Greg can. So we have two viewpoints, I think, because I didn't see them until 2002. So I think it's you seeing them, someone you know younger that's new, a so uh, newer fan that knows this is what Axel is the only way Axel was sounded like to you. And so, Greg, who's seen them back in 91 at, at his like, you know, his peak. Yeah. You're not bothered by it. Everyone around me, I don't know about you guys. Everyone, no one's seen, everyone loves it. Everyone's singing along to it. Does no the job for me, man. Does the job for me. I think he, he did not disappoint. I think he, he sounds actually, since they've gone back together, I think he slowly started to sound better and better. And um, Greg, I want to hear what you think about it because you actually did see them back yeah. in the day. So we, we were talking uh, a little bit before we got on here 
me and Brando. Uh, I saw them. The first time I saw them was a secret gig in 91 in May. They did three shows in New York City to kind of get ready for the Usual Illusion tour. They played Usual Illusion songs. I, like it took me a while. I was wanted to get like prepared for this podcast. So I was like, I had to research when that show was because I didn't remember exactly. They played, I got the set list here, a bunch of Usual Illusion songs before, like months before those albums came out. And if you watch the um, You Could Be Mine video, the live footage there, that was my show. So that was really cool. So he doesn't sound like that guy anymore. But like, who cares? You know what I mean? He was 25 years old or whatever he was. He was insane. He was a screaming banshee. Like what he was able to do with his voice, like not like Steven Tyler, but that kind of crazy voice that he had. I don't care that he can't do that now. Who cares? He sounded great last night. That was Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses. That's like people want to complain about stuff, I think. Like they just want to. I'm still freaked out that that's Axl and Duff and Slash and they're playing together and having a good time and they're ripping through their set and I'm having the best time. It's good enough for me, man. He sounds great to me. That's awesome. how I feel. Yeah. I, I, I haven't been to, you know, to show. I, I, obviously, this is my seventh GNR show since uh, 2002 but I hadn't been to one like this close in proximity where I was at Hershey last Saturday. And then I'm, uh, you know, in New Jersey on, on Thursday. That's a great, I want to go again. I, I, I feel like if I had the means, I would, I would follow them around like the dead. I, that's how I feel right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's a great question. So forgetting that they had technical difficulties that first night, did they sound different to you as a band? Did they sound tighter? Was there something that they worked out that maybe they weren't so on point with the first show? I think exactly. he's more That's confident. I, too, I think if anything, maybe more confident because I, yeah. it, I, I feel like just it threw Axel off kind of a bit. Cause you would even like, he would pull the way, not just like to have fans sing certain lyrics, you pull the mic away. Cause I think maybe he didn't trust it a bit. Right. But I, it's, I don't know. It was a better version of, of sweet child and November rain, like vocally, mm-hmm. like I just, it was, I don't know. It was a better show, which was really interesting. And that's something else to keep in mind. People don't, you know, like Axel wasn't prepared the first show. How do you know, you know, like his, his vocal process. That's something that, that, I'm sorry. That's like something that Doug Goldstein has, has told me that'll, you know, be in the book that eventually, you know, comes out that, you know, Axel was late a lot of the times because he was doing vocal stuff. Like that was just his process. I don't know why it took him four hours or however long. It's just he wanted to make sure his voice was on point. So I think that's just who he is. And people thinking with same thing with his uh, voice, but like his his figure, people obsessed with Axl Rose's figure. He looks like a fucking really healthy, like 59 year old guy. He looks he was, great. He was 23 wearing tight freaking biker shorts and white leather jackets it was 1991 or like before that when he's doing the appetite stuff who looks the same way they look like when they were 23 years old why do people care like unless you're duff who who like ages in reverse apparently (laughs) yeah that's a good point that was my 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 fiance had a funny line she's like axel looks good duff is still hotter you know, look like that when you're older. My girlfriend's Thanks. in love with Duff. Oh, God. <laughs> in love with Duff, he, yeah. You can see the veins popping out of his arms when they zoomed in on him. Like, you know, those big screens to the side, yeah. which were freaking awesome. I found myself watching those half the time. 
um because it was like just talking about like camera work you could see like they work out <laughs> yeah they do and they, who, they do. what you were saying brando about like whoever would say like axel wasn't prepared that's a professional rock band that you saw at this show i mean that is like when you want to talk about sports a professional athlete that's what they're doing is at the highest level that yeah. is a professional operation so to say that that's he's not prepared is insane I'm just, you know me, because I see the comments, whether they're on my pages or on the forums. So it's while they again, they've been overwhelmingly, I think, maybe not overwhelmingly more positive, way more positive than negative. I, and again, I'm surprised by that because this was a song that was Silkworms that I just, I, you know, I'm surprised that I love it as much. You know, it's I, I can't believe it. Uh, but but something else I want to talk about before, because I know, Greg, you got to run in a few minutes, I'm good. which was really cool because axel's been like happy you know he's just been smiling and you, you see it last you exactly see it correct yeah and and even during the frustrations of hershey with the the technical difficulties he fought through it like you know you think we've done this before you know, when i um, saw those clips i was like oh man like back in the day that dude would have been gone show over we almost thought it was going to happen that during uh right before P uh, november rain there must have been maybe something wrong with his mix and he was like, something's on like, you know, fucking keys. And mm. everybody got quiet. So can you go over the technical difficulties? Because I'm not aware of those that happened. Um, it was, it was during better that it just, I thought he was missing lyrics, but it seemed like maybe his mic was cutting out for maybe a few seconds at a time. And perhaps there was also something wrong with this mix. Uh, given like what I was saying to you about November rain, he was complaining because you would see him ever since better. He would go. He would go off stage and he would grab his microphone. And I'm, I've never worked with this mic, mic like this. I don't know if he like. There's like a switch that goes from the public address, uh, you know, him singing to maybe backstage so he can communicate with the sound guys. But he's always going in the back, looking over, talking to somebody. Like right. since better, who's throughout. But he battled through. Um, you know, he he battled through it. That's a new and man. That's not the old Axel. <laughs> that's what that I said. Like it, it didn't matter. So, I, but, still don't, I still don't want to be that dude on the other end of that who messed that whole thing up backstage. I don't want to be the one he's backstage talking to. Yeah, new Axel or not, I, I don't want to you know, yeah. fuck shit up. Because notice those problems don't exist anymore. Because <laughs> uh, it was fine last night. It, it, no, it was, it was perfect last night. But Greg, I want to know because Axel felt so good as to not only before November rain, but during it. Give a shout out to Bismarcky with just a friend and got everyone along, everyone singing along to it. Yeah. And uh, then he would eventually uh, dedicate Knock on Heaven's Door to Biz. But I mean, just he's breaking into it and he tells like a funny story about meeting Bismarcky, you know, randomly. He's like, he liked my car. Right. You know, uh, what was your reaction to that? That was surprising. It was, just, it, it was just wild to see him sitting down at a piano singing, You, you got what I need. That was insane. That was so freaking cool. Yeah, he just looks loose and chill. And I guess when you look at uh, the amount of money that that tour a couple of years ago pulled in, I mean, I guess I'd be kind of loose and chill too. <laughs> You'd be like, Everything is good. We're having fun up there. Yeah, it's just like it adds a lightness to it i loved it i loved it i'm curious what uh first of all i want to know mike like what your maybe favorite song or two was from your show and then brandon i'd love to hear the same from you greg sure. you took the words out of my mouth so i want to know what your guys favorite song was let's do that and then after that i want to know what song you wish they played <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one bro so, um, i'll go first um 
Dead Horse. I can't believe they played it. It was unbelievable. Only thing that was missing was Axel playing the guitar. <laughs> but it was absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm so shocked they played it. Number two, the song I wish they played, this is just probably from personal preference, Breakdown. I freaking love Breakdown. It doesn't good get call. nearly enough credit. They're like, it's such a good song. That's a good call. Yeah. So uh, let's hear it, Brando. I, I, I love hearing Double Talk and Jive in person. I really do. Uh, I may be the only it. one screaming home fuck. Yeah. You know, everyone- <laughs> totally. I was like, oh, I couldn't wait till that at the end. Absolutely. Oh, man, I agree. And I do it just like he does it on the, the Tokyo DVDs where I'm like, I do it the same exact way he sings it there. And you know, so I'm doing his live parts that maybe he doesn't even do anymore because like, he only does one home fuck now instead of the two home fucks. <laughs> but I, I, oh man, I'd be sure. And I, it's, I, yeah, I love that. And then of course, absurd. I mean, just to experience, oh, yeah. I, I was at, I was at a Guns N' Roses show where they played new music. What? Yeah. You know, they, they, with Slash and Duff, like what? Like that, that happened. So just to experience that live. I mean, that can't be taken away. So, and again, double talk and jive, but it's fun seeing, you know, when, whenever Sweet Child uh, comes on, the crowd erupts. It, it does. Is it, it, with us diehards, we may be sick of it. I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm sick of it, but maybe like the die, diehards. Axel steals the show with that one. He really does. It's the whole band does. And just to hear the crowd erupt when like those big hits knock on heaven's door, live and let yeah. die all the radio hits. I mean, people ask, you know, why do they play those? There's a reason I, I, I see it. The crowd erupts when those happen. Maybe not. I'm the one freaking out during double talk and jive and Shackler, uh, Shacklers. If they did play that, okay. you know, as far as what they wish they play, I wish they would play that. Um, I, I also wanted pretty tied up. I, that was, I, I really would want, Good I one. really want to hear that live. Good one. Yeah. I think for me, like, what I wish they played, it would be Breakdown or Pretty Tied Up, totally up there. I love seeing them play Coma live. That song's intense. Coma is just so great live. That whole like last minute and a half or two minutes when Axel's just going off would have been amazing to see that. I'm looking through the set list right here. I agree with you. Double Talking Drive was insane. That's another song that sounds like like, you know how Metallica has that freight train thing happening? They're just a train that's going 2,000 miles an hour down the track. That's what that song was. So I loved that song last night. Oh, I love that they did You're Crazy Slow. Yeah, me too. That yeah. was pretty great, too. Um, obviously, absurd. Yeah, I love that Slash changes guitar solo, that he does that Manish Boy thing now instead of doing like, because he was doing the Godfather thing forever. So I love that he just does that blues I like that, too. That was really hot. It was just, just great. And I really like that, even though I love attitude, I love that uh, stuff is doing uh, the stooges yeah. now. I think I think you look at Slash, he's Good feeling call. it. Like, I just think they're, they have rejuvenated some stuff. So I think people complaining about the set list are, as you alluded to before, people just still complaining about stuff. They've been doing enough that are feeding us diehards and are feeding uh, still the masses. But Greg, before you get out of here, since you're, you've been a diehard for so long, what's your favorite piece of memorabilia? I always ask this of you, know, um, you bad apples who come on here. So, yeah, I mean, my favorite piece of memorabilia, and it's not a piece of memorabilia. So because I've been playing guitar since I was 13, when I got into Guns N' Roses, like, Slash is the reason I have a Les Paul. So that's not memorabilia. That's still like, cool. 
it's because awesome. of him that I have that. And that's like the biggest gift in the world. Cause I love that damn thing. I don't know if really I have anything else that's collector ish. That's not really my thing. Okay. Um, so yeah, Me neither. let's see the tattoo. Oh. So here's the thing. So I'm going to set this up for a second. All right. So okay. I'm a Jewish kid growing up in Bayside, Queens. Nice. Now when you're, you know, your parents give you the thing as a Jewish kid, you can't have any tattoos. You can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery. I know. Like, why do I care? I'm going to be dead. And why I don't care. So then, then it became when you're 18 years old, you can get a tattoo. And I was like, all right, cool. I filed that away. So 18, I was 72, 82, 92. That's 1990. As soon as I turned 18, I was in the West Village and I did this. Okay. Right? So, the double guns. Crossing double guns, over roses. Roses, old school style. So yeah. And then like, I, I still lived at home for a couple of years. I kept the shirt on for like years. And then finally, like when I had moved away from home or something, they, I think my parents saw me at a pool or something. And I, they were like, what the hell is that? And I was like, baby, you said I could get a tattoo when I was 18. Oh, Listen, you know, I told you I was going to get one. So, yeah, that's my Guns N' Roses tattoo. And I have a funny moment last night. Not that I ever, I have a couple of tattoos. You don't like regret them because that would be stupid. You make a decision. I'm going to have this forever, right? At one point last night, two, three, four songs in, I was like, this is why I have this tattoo. I was like, this is why. Because they can do that. That's funny. I like that. And you know, speaking of which now that, cause I have like a tank top on, if you're watching zoom, I can show mine, which was my first GNR tattoo. Uh, let's see if I can turn around. All right. I don't use your illusion. Oh yes. Love it. Oh, Love it. okay. There we Love go. There you, I can see it now on my back. Yeah. So it's just Love on my it. left shoulder blade. That's uh, cool. I got that when I was 21. Right. When my, my dad saw it. He goes, at least it's not a skull. There you go. <laughs> And my mom almost disowned me because also she's uh, I'm a you know Jewish family. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Oh, I can show this. I have a uh, Hebrew on my arm to make it even worse. There it is. Yeah. It says, it says patience. It says patience. Oh, that's funny. That's great. Avlenut uh, in in Yiddish. Well, in I got I got one too. I saw him slash. Before you go, uh, before you go off, uh, Mike and your tattoo. Sorry, because uh, I know Greg's got to run. I do right? have to split. Thank you. Before I run, by the way, Mike, nice meeting you, Randall. This was amazing. This was a lot of fun. Um, what is your favorite piece of memory? because you got all that cool stuff behind you oh um i mean i have a gnr shirt signed by slash and duff that i got a velvet revolver show which was uh, cool. pretty special but i mean i think now i mean just if i have this pinball thing signed by eric munay i have this lithograph signed by arian Bior. i mean there's i've gotten some pretty special you know just some cool things so i mean but I think that just that, that, that T-shirt signed because it's also a memory of a, a moment yeah, in time. Cool. Ooh, I want to share one more cool story with you guys and then I'm going to okay. So after Guns N' Roses like broke up and then a couple years after that, I think Slash's first, I think it was like Slash and Blues Breakers or Blues something. Before they were Velvet Revolver, he did something else. Snake Pit. Yeah. That was cool. We saw Snake Pit at... Uh, well, he had the Blues Ball also. Yeah, Blues Balls. I'm not, sure which, I'm not sure which one it was then, but we Got saw it. them at Irving Plaza right? Like right up against the stage. And you're in a club with like 2000 people. Like it's slashes right there. My buddy was drinking a Jack and Coke. He goes up like this slash is playing. He leans over. He takes my buddy's Jack and Coke. He downs it, gives him the empty glass back, goes back, goes back to playing. My friend was like this. He drank my Jack and Coke. <laughs> my Jack and Coke. <laughs> it's awesome. I bet he still tells that story to this day. And, and, and it's so cool that even I tell the story for him. Venmo <laughs> him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. right. Uh, exactly. drink. Yeah. <laughs> All these years All right, later. Guys, I got a split. Awesome meeting you. 
Really Greg, it was a pleasure, man. I could do this all day, like I said. Yeah, right absolutely. On. Hey, can I? I'm going to post a bunch of um, really cool stories and stuff. Do you mind? Can I put my uh, Instagram on here? Do you mind, Brando? Or if, if not, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, no, go for it. What do you want? Oh, it's uh, Greg Sugarman on Instagram. Let me just make sure it's not with a period in there or something like that. And then uh, blah, 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 blah. it's not like Sugar Baby Greg or, you know, edit. <laughs> no, no, no. Sugar Ray no. Greg. <laughs> like not that fancy. Yeah, it's just Greg Sugarman, G-R-E-G-G-S-U-G-E-R-M-A-N. So I'm going to post a bunch of stories later on today. I got a lot of good stuff from those seats last night. Awesome. So yeah, we didn't even get to in this episode. Oh, yeah, you guys time. didn't get a chance to link up last night? Uh, us two? No. No, yeah, we're, no it didn't happen. Uh, no, well, we're, we're meeting here. We're, we're, yeah, we're doing it now, exactly. Exactly. So, all right, boys. Thanks, Greg. It was fun. Later, guys. So now we're going to have the uh, the encore with uh, with Mike. So this is I'm glad they did uh, two songs yesterday, because when I saw them in Hershey, they only did Paradise City, but they did Patience and so Paradise last night. That was one of my biggest, um, honestly, complaints of the show. Since when did they just do a one song encore? And it's just Paradise City. I was kind of disappointed in that. I think they're being really good with the city ordinances. And it varies yeah. a little bit from state to state. I think that's, I don't know, was it, when did they end in, in Boston? So it's crazy. Um, they played for like two and a half hours. I think they came on at uh, 7.45 and ended at uh, 10.15. So that's two and a half hours. And I saw, I saw something that the city ordinance in Boston, it used to be 11. Now it, that show was 10.30. There you go. That's what it is. So, that's yeah. what it is. Because I, I thought they were going to squeeze into at Hershey, which was, I think, 11. And they had they ended at ten fifty. I'm like, oh, they can fit in two songs, but they're not. No, they're not even gonna fuck with it. So uh, they were able to fit in two yesterday. Finished a few minutes before eleven. So yeah, I may have said this before because Doug uh, Goldstein told me this. Like that he used to just carry around money and just used to have to find out how much he needed to pay uh, to keep the band over time. And Axel didn't care. Yeah. And you know the best the rest of the band cared, but. It's so, like, you're still making a lot of money. So I, don't, I really don't know what to tell you. Exactly. So I actually heard the same thing. Well, not that they, Doug Goldstein would carry around cash, but when I saw Aerosmith at Fenway Park, um, they played well over 11. And this was like, this was 10 years ago. So this wasn't that crazy. And that's what I heard the same thing that they were like, screw it. We're in Boston. We're doing Fenway. We'll pay whatever. And who knows? It's freaking Aerosmith in Boston. They probably let it slide. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm also wondering if things are just, or maybe fines went up. Uh, because of COVID, people want just trying to be safer. You know, this is just speculation, but yeah, I, I heard that that uh, just that first night about the city ordinance, and uh, they, yeah, I heard that ten thirty in in Boston, and last night it was eleven, so I knew they were gonna. So yeah, that's 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 where it comes down to. So that's not a GNR problem, and that's why they moved everything up an hour. That's why you know a week before, you know when the doors or the the show was supposed to start at seven, now it starts at six. You yeah, know, when so I saw George. 5.30 with one band opening. Uh, I, was, I was shocked, but then freaking thank God we got in there on time because 7.45 was still light out, which is, I, you isn't know, it's weird? always bummer when it's still light out. You want it to be dark. You want everything. Yeah, but... um, Isn't that weird, though? And you see them coming out, it's light. It's like it's, yeah. it's like a dream. It's like, wait, yeah. this doesn't make sense. It's, all, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, very strange. It just doesn't... It's just strange, yeah. Um, <laughs> that too. So you mentioned... um which is strange was like unbelievable every single time. And I'm so glad they freaking play it. It's literally, that's my all time favorite gun song. And with just the mix of slash and freaking 
Axel, and then maybe a, a where's Izzy sign around. <laughs> you never know. You never know, but that's that's such a special. Uh, every time they play Strange now, now the Slash is there and doing it. It's 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 really <laughs> special because that was certainly a it's a highlight of their uh, their catalog in a moment and then their creativity. Oh, you know, I think. Go on. No, no, go ahead, buddy. Oh, like Dizzy, like play. So like, I'd love to see Axel on the piano in that song, but it's always Dizzy, it seems. Yeah. And actually, I was really watching Dizzy's uh, fingers last night. I'm like, you know what? He needs a little bit more kudos for that. I mean, he uh, he nails it. He probably could do that that, that in his sleep, though. He's been doing it for it, so long. Exactly. And um, another about that, I think Axel's like piano skills are kind of underrated. Like him in November, sure. and granted, he's been playing it since 19 freaking who knows what, 87 or 85 it's he's he's really good on the piano yes uh it impressed my dave matthews fan uh fiance like wow like he's a really musical does he know how to play the guitar i'm like well sometimes during dead horse he will so she's just had some really interesting reactions i tweeted it okay she said a couple fun things because this is her third gnr show she never would have gone without me but she she likes them she appreciates them I've tried to like fall in love like you though. <laughs> no, no. She yeah. she she knows a lot of this stuff. She has a great time. Uh, but just I, I can't get into Dave Matthews. I've tried. I just I, I wish I could show her the same love and affection towards her favorite band that she does for me, but I can't. Uh but she when she first uh well, I told you that comment she made about Duff. She loves Duff and she wants me to look like him when I'm older. But when she first heard Absurd, I really thought she was gonna like hate it because it's such like, a weird thing and she's like you know what i think this is current that's yeah. why this is good she's like kids because she's a she's a dance teacher in queens uh you know little kids anyone from three years old to teenagers high school she's like this is what my kids will listen to if this was just rock straight you know just like what she loves she's like i don't know if that would move the needle but she's like it, it tells with the instrumental like he's paying attention you know, and even though that this is a quote old song, either that means Axel was kind of a visionary with stuff, or he tweaked things to really keep up with what is relevant. And I think that helps. So helps. I want. I, I, this is what makes me wish uh, Melissa was involved or is involved. We'll see because I can only imagine her youth, what she can bring into what today's sounds should be. So exactly. I saw so that. That was interesting. Oh, one thing before, because uh, I also want to get your favorite piece of memorabilia. But I tweeted this, and uh, this made me laugh. Maybe this is why I'm marrying her. I was like, so uh, you're going to get a Guns N' Roses tattoo after last night? She's like, yeah, I'm going to get pussy full of magnet, maggots with a fucking arrow painting down. I'm like, what? Okay. Uh, so yeah, let's, do it. let's all get matching maggot tattoos. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get some absurd, literally absurd tattoos. So anyway, Mike, uh, so as we were, yeah. The, yeah. the thing about absurd is the song itself is absurd. <laughs> You know, perfect. That's why I'm glad yeah. it's not called silk, silkworms anymore. I think this is just it, it's perfect. It really the way it is. It's not it's not welcome to the jungle. It's not November rain, but just for what this is and for what may come, I it's, I couldn't be happier as a GNR fan. One uh, of the things I like still like love about them is that they don't go crazy with like their stage. Um, I don't know what the word is, but they don't go like overboard with it. Like, yeah, they just have freaking they got their two freaking screens on the side and then i don't know if they had that for the show with you or if that was just a fenway that was it yeah yeah and then just a couple like freaking new um like videos in the background it's like their whole new like style 
I I agree. Because uh, even when they have like the pyro that's supposed to happen during like knock um, women let die, it's just the video yeah. of the pyro. Um, and I think that's a safety thing because I also see complaints with about the stage. I'm like, you want to go see pyro? Go see Kiss. All right. Like, who cares? I'm not at a. I don't know. I'm not at a demolition derby where I need to see shit explode. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I I see the band. Axel's moving. They're all moving around. Like, this they is great. It simple. And it's and it does a job because like they put the show on for themselves. They don't need that. Which is the irony of uh, of Kiss. But you know how that the uh, it's supposed to be a, uh, to remember keep it simple, stupid. Okay. Ever hear that? Opposite. No. Okay, that's usually that. <laughs> that's yeah. That's uh, what is it, the acronym just to kind of uh, remember yeah, exactly. it. Like, keep it simple, I stupid. And, I heard you and Alan Niven talking about that. <laughs> talking about Kiss. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, Alan Niv. I can't believe I threw up in front of him. I can't believe and that. And I also threw up in front of him? I, I, I know you listen to the show. I, I don't expect anybody to listen to everyone. So I told this when I went to on vacation a few weeks ago. I met I up with, that was recent. Yeah, yeah. So I went up with him at a restaurant in Prescott, Arizona. And I didn't realize how sensitive my stomach is. So I got really car sick on the way. I mean, my fiance decided to take the scenic route which was just like a mario kart road just like all over so i was just dizzy when i got there i thought it was enough to cancel on him and i'm like you know let me just go in there go in the bathroom and i started walking towards the restaurant and i couldn't hold it in it threw up you know like between two cars and alan and his wife happened to be sitting like in the window seat like you know 10 yards from where i threw up next thing i know i feel alan's back a hand rubbing my back and saying like are you okay in his New Zealand accent. So, yeah, I threw up in front of Alan Niven. That's a real how cool. life Yeti incident, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. Uh, I know you got a, a run as well. Uh, what is your favorite piece of Guns N' Roses memorabilia, if I can get that? So, I was going to say, I would say 100% my slash autograph tattoo. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's uh, right there under my Tom Brady autograph tattoo. <laughs> so... So go go figure. Uh, my two favorite people. I grew up being the Axel fan, Axel till death, and then all of a sudden it kind of transferred to Slash. And I'll I'll guess I'll finish with this, but Axel is obviously amazing and all this stuff. But the last freaking times I've seen them, Slash has been absolutely stealing the show, and everyone goes crazy for him. And just he he really is. And the fact that like I think it's obvious. And Axel's like cool with it is like, wow. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if you agree. I don't know if you agree, but that's kind of the way I've been taking it. And maybe because I'm like a little slash over Axel, even though I fucking love them both till death. But I mean, that's I how think I've it's been. people are really, I think, uh, you know, usually the lead singer and singing along and everything gets all the attention. Slash is getting his own attention. And people are like, I am seeing Slash and freaking yeah. out. And I think he is just because. They probably did the same thing at Fenway because they did it at Hershey and they've done it at other GNR shows. People come dressed up like him. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's, yeah. it's, he is, that's why, I mean, Axel kept this train rolling for a long time with Bucket, Ashba, you know, Bumble. And, you know, I love that era. You know, many of us love that era, but Slash is just another element. And he is just, they are, uh, we, all, we love Duff too, but those two guys, those are, are the pillars right there of, of GNR that, uh, you know, people come to pay to see. 
and it, it's uh, absolutely in, incredible. Exactly. And I, um, I mean, love Duff. He's freaking awesome, but he, um, he didn't like in that sense, he didn't so much to say steal the show and that he was, he was, uh, I've seen him in other shows where everyone's like huge on Duff, but in Fenway, he, he just didn't, um, he didn't, he didn't over, he, he didn't steal it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, like, <laughs> well, again, but, um, I, lo- I love the Stooges thing he's doing now, and he seems to yeah, be yeah, yeah. It, and Duff is feeling well, it. Well, I didn't know that one. I eat me like I would have taken attitude or or him singing so fine or something like that. But yeah, fair enough. No, I, I'm sure there are people who agree with you too. Yeah, I, I like with you when I first heard Attitude from GNR, I had to go back and uh, yeah. oh, the Misfits. To- I like this band. Is that Tokyo DVD? That's I think the reason why I knew it. Okay, Did I forget what. No? I forget the first time when I. Sorry, I'm still cutting you off. Say that again. I saw uh, the uh, Tokyo uh, DVD or whatever, the freaking Tokyo concert. I thought that was the first time I ever seen them do Attitude. Okay. Yeah, yeah right so on. Me. Yeah. But, um, dude, this has been great. It's freaking had an absolute blast. Like I said, I could do this forever. And uh, I lo- like some of your interviews are just freaking so awesome. You- and you've interviewed some freaking cool people. I don't know how <laughs> you secured them, but I don't freaking- know. It's, it's worth it. And listening to you from like uh, the beginning to like coming up now, like you've, <laughs> you've become a really good interviewer and I think you're freaking got an awesome podcast and I'm going to keep listening for a long time. Well, thank you, Mike. I really appreciate that. And it's people like you, you know, why I was happy to have you on the podcast invited you is the reason why I'm, yeah. I'm doing it. And, you know, cause being able to share my experience with, with, with you and Greg and all the people, you know, social media and streaming videos and people like, and people telling me to have a good time that who don't know me uh, is really cool and special. And before you go, let me just say sorry, but not sorry for Eli Manning and, and David Tyree. And <laughs> I'll take, I'll also take the six rings plus one. I'm so Tampa Bay guy. <laughs> uh, oh man. I'll, he I'll, is something I'll else. Everywhere. Yeah. I'll fanboy for guns and I'll fanboy for Tom Brady over everything. <laughs> uh, well, you got the two goats right tattooed on you. So that's, you couldn't have said it better yourself. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mike. So that does it for the official uh, Fenway Park review, uh, the MetLife Stadium review. Uh, when are you going to see? We're going to get some reviews, I believe, for Comerica Park in Detroit. I've had some listeners volunteer for that. I want to do this more since, hey, I, I, I wish I can go, go to every show. I want to travel, you know, with this band. But I, 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 unless Atlantic City goes down or something else surprising happens, I'm not going to any more shows in this tour. So I expect you, the AFT show listener to come on the podcast to tell me all about it, to tell us all about it. And hopefully uh, more new songs will debut as we, as we go along. But as far as uh, upcoming guests, I do have, um, I can announce this one. I announced it on social media, Matt Sorum coming back to the podcast uh, in September, September 6th. I'm recording. Uh, I'll probably put it out that day since his book is coming out September 7th, day before my birthday. And also another big name, uh, not official yet. I don't have a date yet, but I'll be announcing that that soon. So follow social media. That's how the conversation continues between the podcast. When's the next one? Well, in the words of Axel Rhodes concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home.